that's kind of how technology goes. But you know, Elon, he's he's a disruptor. That's uh, you know, and he's you know he's very <laughs> he certainly disrupted Twitter. He certainly disrupted Twitter. And you know, it's weird. It's hard to see how it's going to go. I mean, right now it seems awful. But I mean, you know, Twitter really wasn't a money making model anyway. At, at you know before he bought it, and now he seems like he's trying to make it profitable. Welcome to Working Code, and now your hosts, none of whom have ever seen a failing unit test, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. Okay, here we go. It is show number 103, and on today's show, we're going to talk about the bird site, talk about Twitter. Uh, go boom. I'm sure there's plenty to unpack there, but first, as usual, we'll start with our triumphs and fails. As you can probably tell, Carol and Ben are not here with us tonight. It's just myself and Tim. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Tim, why don't you go first? All right. Well, uh, I'll call it a fail. You know, it's, it's one more day. It, we're, this is a Tuesday. So tomorrow is like the last day before Thanksgiving. I'm off Thursday, Friday. Just it, it gets kind of quiet at work, you know, right before a holiday. And the, even like the whole Christmas kind of time period it gets gets pretty quiet. Customers are quiet. Everyone's quiet. I'm pretty sure people are working. Maybe I don't know. No, I, I don't know. But yeah, it's just it got those those pre holiday blues. It's like I, I'm waiting for stuff to happen, and it's like nothing's happening as fast as I wish it would. Because you know. But anyway, it's not like a depression thing. It's just you're you're frustrated with everybody yeah. else being on vacation. Already. Yeah, it's like slowing their pace yeah. down. We got a bunch of people off, you know, off the whole week, and it's like it's just it's just too quiet. It makes me nervous when things get too quiet. So, but we did have a good. We had a company dinner Friday night at a, a little local, like a dinner theater kind of thing. Although we didn't really have theater, we just had a DJ and gave away prizes and gave away awards to people who made you know had like best dressed people. <laughs> two, two people like 20 year, 20 year, you know, service awards, you know, working at the company for 20 years. So got to hand some of those out. So it was real fun. But uh, yeah, just, yeah, just, just waiting for stuff to get exciting again. So class clown, most likely to succeed. <laughs> right. Yeah. They had, we had a bunch of door prizes. We had a raffle. I won, uh, I won like a gardening kit and a $50 Lowe's gift certificate, you know, home improvement store. So. That was nice. So cool. And, and free drinks. So how about you? I'm going to go with a triumph. To, like you mentioned, it's the week of Thanksgiving and tomorrow morning, bright and early, the crew is showing up to install our new fence in our backyard. We've had a, you know, you, you've been able to like run a circle around our house if you wanted to since we moved <laughs> in like nine years ago, something like that. And so we've always just used what we call a tie out for the dogs, right? We have a, a leash sort of thing or like a rope tied to the bottom of the stairs of the back door and so the the dogs can reach from there up to the back door and you know whatever radius from the bottom of the stairs when we let them out and it's actually kind of nice to have all the dog poop in that little circle (laughs) but that's about to change because we're going to be able to to just let the dogs out in the yard i think they're really going to enjoy it they're going to be able to run around more let them both out at the same time my wife won't have to worry so much about the the leashes getting like wrapped around her blueberry bushes and ripping them up Yeah. That sort of thing. So that's exciting. I'm I'm not excited about having to get up at, they're going to be here at 645 in the morning to get started. Oh, wow. And my kids off, have off of school tomorrow, which is nice, except I still have to get up at 545 so that I can shower mm-hmm. and we can go on a dog walk before the people get here to install the fence. So wow. it's, just, I, it's exact same alarm that I'll be using, you know, during school days. Just yeah. kids be in bed. 
<laughs> so yeah, I tell you, I tell you, I wish, wish, wish I had a fence. It's, I plant a vegetable garden every year, and this year was the, the deer here are so bad mm-hmm. right now. The deer pressure is just for real. They've they've eaten everything. They mm-hmm. ate all my all my tomatoes. I maybe got like fifteen tomatoes. They just they just eat everything. Mm-hmm. And I need a and I need a fence. But I mean, those suckers can jump like six feet high. Yeah. So you need a really tall fence in order to keep them out. So and I got four acres, so that's not going to be Oof. cheap. So, <laughs> well, well, you could you could always just fence in the garden. That's what my mother in law does. She has like a pretty large garden. I would say it's like I don't know thirty feet by ten feet or something like that. And yeah. she has like you know big holes in the corners and every five or 10 feet along the edges. And then it's just like entirely encased in netting. Yeah. It keeps the deer out. But. Yeah. I had, I had some netting, but they managed, they figured out how to trample it down. Hmm. And I know the deer, it's like this, there's three deer. It's a mama and two, two young ones. And they are just, every time you go out in the backyard, they're standing there looking at you. Hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you should uh, like buy some bear poop and like spread it around your garden. Well, I need, I need an actual hunting rifle. I'll just <laughs> just get some venison. They eat my food. I'll eat them. Right. So, All right. Well, I guess before we move on to our main topic of the day, this is going to be a little awkward. So last week I told you about our merch now available at workingcode.dev slash merch, but maybe don't go there so fast right now. Our account got suspended, which is crappy. Mm-hmm. You know, I... There's no reason it should have gotten suspended, right? Our, our stuff wasn't violating any of their guidelines. It was all original artwork that we paid for and no copyright things. Like, you know, yes, there was something Breaking Bad inspired, but it was very clearly original art. So there should be no copyright claims, no... And we didn't use the word Breaking Bad either. It was just no. Breaking breaking Bin. Yeah. And, and, oh, I mean, and then like, you know, when I was trying to find our stuff before I realized that we were suspended... I was like searching around on the site and I searched for Breaking Ben. And of course that brought up a bunch of Breaking Bad stuff. And I saw like t-shirts with Walter White's face on it and stuff. And I'm like, well, but okay. So if it is that like, you know, they're considering our stuff a copyright violation. It's like, how is original artwork inspired by something copyrighted a violation, but something with a picture of the actual person from the show right. is, is not, I don't know, whatever. And then the other possibility is like a there's a stock image. So like one of them was a, a cursing duck, right? And so maybe the artist used a stock image that had of the duck and like added the cursing. I don't know. But you know, we paid her and and it's kind of her responsibility to secure the licensing for that stuff. And the frustrating thing is there's no recourse, right? So Redbubble, you know, we just found out that we were suspended. They sent us an email and then they took all our stuff offline. They sent me an email that said, you're suspended for one of these reasons, right? There's like four or five different reasons on the thing. This is actually just like your Google Voice thing you were talking yeah. about last week or the week before. You know, one of these reasons is the reason you're suspended. They're not going to tell us which one. And the appeal process is like upload a photo of your face with, and you have to be holding up a piece of paper with today's date and your username and your real name. And that's it. And And they may or may not get back to me within two weeks, if, if I don't hear from them when, within two weeks, I'm supposed to assume that they're just not going to answer. And, you know, they, they say right in the thing, we, we can't, they claim we can't review all appeals. So they may just choose not to bother with us. So I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, it's not like we were sticker moguls or something, but we did have like $40 in profit that we were waiting to, to cash out, which stinks that we may never get that. People bought merch and I'm glad yeah. that they were able to get the merch, but it would have been nice to get our cut of that. They paid a little extra mm. yeah. for us to have that. And, you know, 
that stinks. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, if anybody wants stickers, I guess email us or can go pod at gmail.com and I can hook something up with my uh, my niece who can print stickers. I guess I'll try to get the, our, our sticker designs on our website, workingcode.dev, and that way you can see what you what you want to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it for merch right now. You know, it could be, it was literally this morning that I found this out. So it could be in two weeks that we have a positive update. It could be that in two weeks they've just ignored me. So we'll see. They're not on blast yet, but <laughs> in two weeks we might be canceling Redbubble. <laughs> yeah. I hope uh, we can get it sorted out because there was, there was some pretty cool merch there. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of, some of our international users actually got to, our non-United States listeners got some. That's one of the reasons we picked Redbubble because they had pretty good uh, international shipping. Exactly. So gl- glad some of them managed to get it before it got shut down. So Yes. All right. Well, with that out of the way, I guess let's talk about the bird site. Bird site go yeah. boom. So if you haven't heard by now or if you're just far enough in the future to not know what we're talking about, Elon Musk of PayPal and SpaceX fame. And uh, boring company. And the boring company bought Twitter for $44 billion. And then... Oh man, I don't. How do you describe what happened next? He just immediately <laughs> like fires like huge amounts of people. Like I think half the company was it that he fired? At least, yeah. I mean, two thousand. I don't know if it was half the company or half the engineering staff. Half the engineering. I mean, ridiculous number of people. Yeah, and then he starts shutting down microservices, saying how they're not needed, and and yeah, and he's like the, putting he, he's putting the developers on blast on Twitter, right? He goes on and says like, "Oh, sorry, the things are slow. There's two thousand RPC calls that aren't needed to load the home." stream and then somebody like replied to him and said actually i work on that and no there's not and the ones that are there this is why they're necessary there's a little bit of back and forth and the guy Mm -hmm. was like you know if you want to if you want to understand you know what's really going on and why i'd be happy to talk with you about it and there was a little bit of back and forth and basically he fired him over twitter (laughs) (laughs) and then tell the people that are there like if you work here you got to be ready to put in 80 hour weeks and if you don't reply you know, to this email saying that you're willing to do that, consider yourself, you know, terminated and taking three months, three months severance. Yeah. Which take the severance. <laughs> By God, take the yeah. severance and run. If that's how they're going to treat their employees, that's, that's awful. I tell you, it, it's really, this whole thing is really soured me. I, I mean, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, when he's doing Tesla and doing that with cars and trying to go to the, go to Mars and stuff. I'm like, you know, watching those, those rockets. I think he's a really good engineer. He, he, I mean, he, he on Saturday Night Live said that he has, what is it? He has Asperger's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's Asperger's. So he's, he's on the spectrum. So he, he has a problem with, with, with social connection. Mm-hmm. So he's an excellent engineer. I mean, when he was, you know, at Tesla's, you know, sleeping on the engineering floor and just working, you know, long hours, he, there's no doubt the man works hard. Yeah. I don't but dedicate I, his dedication, but I don't think that makes him a good engineer. I think yeah. I, I'm going to debate you on the, he's a good engineer okay. point, but go ahead. But, but I mean, he's obviously not a very good person manager. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. The, I'm sure that there were people all along, right? Back in his PayPal days, there were probably people going, okay, you know, he was able to turn turn PayPal into something great, but he didn't start it, right? He bought it from somebody and he made it better or whatever or helped it become successful. And there were people that I only just recently learned, he he came from money. He was, his parents were diamond mine owners or something like that. And in South Africa. And so, you know, he, you know, he's like one of those people, you know, 
I pulled myself up by my bootstraps with a million dollar loan from my dad. And <laughs> hold on, that was Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think Trump's was yeah. more than a million, but yeah. But he's, you know, of that ilk, believes he's self made, but doesn't understand. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And I don't know, like, I think certain things, you know, you can you can will them into existence, right? Like SpaceX, I'm sorry, not SpaceX, Tesla is the one I was thinking of. The electric cars was a concept that had already been proven, right? Like, yes, he has done a lot to bring electric electric cars to the mainstream. And and I think that especially all the other ones that we see now, the you've got the F-150 has an electric version right now. And that's, you can go to the store and buy it today. And that is almost entirely attributable to Tesla and Elon Musk. And actually, uh, did I hear this? Uh, I'm almost certain I've seen this, that he didn't start Tesla. Yeah, he didn't start Tesla. He bought it and again, you know, like made it better. I think they were doing like the electric scooters and motorcycles. It was very small scale. Yeah. He he really, he really liked the name is the reason I've I've Uh, heard that he he, he bought the name, bought it for the name. Sure. And, And, you know, I don't think that his original business plan was bad for Tesla. I think it was actually really smart, you know, start with a car for the ultra rich people and use the profit that you make on that to make a slightly downscaled, you know, a luxury car, the model X. Um, so he started with the Roadster, right? Take the profit from that and invest it into whatever you need to do to make the Model X. Take the profit from that, uh, which is Model X is you know the roughly hundred thousand dollar car. Take the profit from that and turn it into the Model S, which is like the seventy thousand dollars, seventy eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollar car. I think that's probably base price. And then take the profit from that and move it down and move it down, and move it down. So that eventually, at the end of this line, you get you know the car, the electric car that your everyman can can afford which i think right. is you know a really smart way to get there and a profitable way and yeah. what was the other and, thing? and how technology tends to go right you, when something new you, you think about how when flat screen tvs first came out you know mm-hmm. they were super expensive i mean really super expensive and now you can get a nice big you know high-res tv flat you know for i mean i saw uh Black Friday sale coming up, you know, $98 for mm. a 40 inch, you know, plasma TV or whatever. The- so I, my son will be 14 in less than a week now. We just had his birthday party when we got together with my wife's side of the family for Thanksgiving last weekend. One of the things that my wife and I got him was a TV for his bedroom. And I feel like his birthday is so, he the year he was born, he was born on Thanksgiving. But of course, the the date changes for Thanksgiving and the date for his birthday change stays the same. So, his but his birthday always hovers around Thanksgiving. And it's unfortunate for us because we have to buy birthday presents right before things go on sale. <laughs> yeah. So, it is what it is. But I did just buy him a 43-inch TV. Uh, you know, it's 1080p. It's not a smart TV. I was one of the things that I was like, okay, if I get one that's not smart, you know, then the money goes more toward the TV. You can get a slightly better TV, right? Like it's instead of being edge lit, it's fully backlit yeah. and maybe a little bigger or something. So I got him a TV and like a fire stick. And I figure, you know, when the, when the fire stick starts to show its age and it's crappy, then you just get a new $25 smart TV plug-in thing and upgrade your stuff. And the TV's still fine. Anyway, yeah. And so I got him a 43 inch for just under 200 bucks. Yeah, so. that's crazy. Hey, and that's kind of how technology goes. But, you know, Elon, 
He's he's a disruptor. That's uh, yeah, and he's you know he's very. <laughs> he certainly disrupted Twitter. He, he certainly disrupted Twitter, and you know it's weird. It's hard to see how it's going to go. I mean, right now it seems awful, but I mean, you know, Twitter really wasn't a money making model anyway. At, at you know before he bought it, and now he seems like he's trying to make it profitable, and then he's also trying to act like he's some sort of white knight coming in and saving free speech. Although mm-hmm. I, I don't really know about that. I don't know if I buy that, but it. <laughs> It's getting to almost like with, with our former president. Like I'm just tired of hearing about him at this point mm-hmm. because it's all about his 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 ego and his you know his, his shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think he does that on purpose. He likes people talking about him. So, so you're bearish on Elon Musk now? Yeah, I'm bearish. I'm, I'm selling. <laughs> do you uh, do you do any like them. day trading or you I know, do like buying? Have you gotten rid of all of your? Tesla and I, I did have SpaceX. some Tesla. I, I I did get rid of get, did get rid of Tesla more for just right now. I just think you know we're headed into a recession, so I've kind of moved stuff in more toward corporate bonds and, and government bonds and things that are a little more somewhat more re- recession proof. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't do any of that. I just use the the target retirement type of funds. Yeah, let the pros handle it for me. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I have a, a friend and and one of the patrons of our show. My friend Chuck has himself a, a Model S, and he basically paid for it with Tesla stock. He said that you know he he bought some stock kind of early on, and the the profits on it covered what he spent on his Model S, and, and then he kind of took it all out. He's like, okay, thanks for the free car. <laughs> Tesla bought him a car. Yeah, that's funny. So that's funny. I, I, I think he just sort of illustrates there is, I forget there's a term for it. You probably remember, but there's, you know, when a person is successful or very smart in a certain area, they think that translates into all areas of their life. Mm. You know, so, you know, he, you know, he was very successful and lucky with, with PayPal and, and Tesla. I guess if you do it several times, maybe it's a little more than luck. So let's give him that. But does that necessarily mean that he should be running a social media company and right. like doing code reviews on everyone's code, you know, having them bring code reviews up? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think those necessarily translate. Um, cause he's yeah. obviously not doing it himself. He's not by, he brought a big crew of Tesla engineers and software people to, to, to Twitter. Twitter. So obviously there's some smarter people than him in the room that yeah. are contributing, which, you know, God, I, there's like 30 different little rabbit holes that we could go down here. I tried to write down a few of them. I guess let's start with this. One of the things that seems pretty obvious now in hindsight, I think that he had said somewhere to somebody along the lines that like in China, they use, the most popular like social media slash, mm-hmm. you know, communication app is called WeChat. Yep, and, yep. you know, they, they have everything, right? It's It's kind of a Twitter thing. It's like a, it's like WhatsApp. It's got games and payments baked into it. Like Venmo sort of thing. And and he wants to do that for, I guess, at least America, if not, you know, try to make it a global thing. And he, I guess he had said, you know, he kind of wanted to turn Twitter into that to somebody along the line. I'm sure I've read, you know, a dozen or two articles about this whole fiasco. So it's hard to keep it all straight, but, um, Apparently, he wanted to turn Twitter into that, and I mean, <laughs> I don't think he's on the right path. Yes, yeah, I saw he filed with the FDIC, which controls you know United States banks, that he wants to launch payments. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so having Twitter to be a payment platform, which I mean, he's got success. With, you know, he's had success with that with PayPal. So, I mean, that sort of makes sense. But at this point, people are leaving in droves. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of it's activism and kind of virtue signaling that they don't agree with his politics. Which is fine. Which is, I mean, that's, which is fair for them to do. I mean, yeah, that's their right to do. But and and it's not like he 
doesn't deserve it, right? Coming in and say, oh, by the way, now you all have to work 80 hours a week and sleep on the floor of your office and yeah. like suffer public abuse by me. Like, no. Yeah. Even without severance, I'd quit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would I would too. I would be like, nope, that's not the lifestyle I want. I don't only work an 80-hour day so you can justify your bad purchase. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take a, I'm going to prop up a guy who spent $44 billion and, and I'm going to work hard so that what he can get richer. Like, mm-hmm. no <laughs> <laughs> sucker. I'm not working in your diamond mine <laughs> for real. So the free speech thing, I thought this was hilarious. I guess if for anybody who didn't hear, you know, he was always like, Oh, I, I guess that was one of his first tweets after he took over was that comedy is once again allowed on Twitter. Right. And so a bunch of people changed their name, just their display name, not like their username or anything to Elon Musk. And then they started tweeting all kinds of stupid stuff. I didn't even see really any of them, but I just, you know, a couple of news things. And then he suspended their accounts and was like, okay, wait a minute. Don't free speech that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't free speech things that make me look bad. Right. And of course the, oh God. Okay. So then there's like, you know, Twitter blue. No, was it Twitter blue? I don't know. You could pay $8 a month to get your verified check mark. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And and then somebody registered an account called Eli or whatever, Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly. Yeah. Um, the pharmaceutical. Yeah. And, and tweeted insulin is now free after they got their blue check mark for $8 and Eli Lilly's stock just like <laughs> fell through the yep. floor, cratered, yeah, which yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them. I mean, insulin should be free, first of all. <laughs> yeah. But it it does show the problem here, right? Like anybody could go, you know, register an account that looks like it's a Tesla thing and, and you know, short they could short the stock, post stuff that's uh, going to make their stock tank and then profit off of that. And that's yep. pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's, they've since suspended the $8 check mark thing but the yeah. damage damage is done i think it was like you know two three days at the most yeah so well so speaking of bringing the tesla engineers over and having them review twitter code like that to me just that reeks of not getting it right like if you have people who their job is to program autonomous driving cars or features for very tech forward cars, right? If it's even if they're working on like the HVAC controls, right, that are not autonomous driving, but very uh, new age, I guess. Having them come over and look at, you know, web code and and like code review, the microservices mm-hmm. that you're using at Twitter, like just how it, to me, it's it, it just. I, the, I, mm, I can't even talk. I'm so just like <laughs> ruffled by how bad he is at this. The, the hubris, right? Yeah. I, I feel like it's becoming clearer and clearer that he has this mindset that he can just throw enough money at any problem and fix it. Like, I believe that if he wanted to, he would choose to just throw money at cancer and try to solve it, right? Like, oh my God, can you imagine if he had just like said, here's $44 billion, go try and yeah. fix cancer? Like, at least even if we didn't get there, if, if we had that kind of money to spend to get closer, that would have been awesome. What I'm afraid of is, is if he actually does wind up making Twitter profitable, he's going to be even more insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> 
because hey, you can, you know what? Throwing money at a problem and trying to fix it, it that is a viable option if you got enough money. If you have enough money and people yeah. are willing to suffer you. Right. Yeah. So so uh, I don't know, like I said before, there was a lot of different things that we could talk about with Elon Musk. So I guess one of the other things, you know, like I feel like I've just had the curtain pulled back and I can now see all the stuff that's going on. So with Tesla, when you buy a Tesla, part of the the incentive there is that he gets a a credit for, you know, reducing emissions basically from the government. Mm-hmm. Well, he turns around and sells that as a an offset. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where I think Tesla makes most of their money. Right. I really? think that they're relatively break even on the cars and then they make money by selling those credits, which is like the exact opposite of progress. Right. So he's just enabling companies to continue pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere because he's making electric cars. Yeah. And that's, you know, you, you bring that you saying that kind of triggered a memory that I had. So, you know, having hung out with, you know, a few millionaires and a couple of billionaires, actually, <laughs> you'd be amazed the way that rich people make money. It's, it's just like, so I was talking to one guy, he's, he's a multimillionaire and he was, they're doing a lot of, um, historic area development mm-hmm. and, you know, paying a whole bunch of money to like restore areas of a historic district. seems like that's a complete, like, maybe that's just like a philanthropic thing that that's a complete money suck. And it is, but what they get out of it is they get tax credits mm-hmm. so, and they can, what they do is they don't use those tax credits. They resell the tax credits to to even richer millionaires and billionaires, <laughs> and so they can buy they can buy these tax credits at like pennies on the dollar and hugely reduce their tax burden. And that's I mean that's how they're making money in doing these kind of you know and, and they look like they're things, yeah. philanthropic. Oh look we we you know we fixed up downtown and made downtown you know and made downtown beautiful and restored it to its former glory of you know 1945 or whatever. No, they're selling tax credits. And that's a huge, huge business for them. And when I hear about how like really, really, really rich people make money, I'm like, it's just ridiculous. It's like, I guess when you like control the game, you can put all those pieces in place. And normal people, they'll never get a cut of that. No, nope. you know, you're, you're never gonna get a cut of that. You're not being invited into the room. I was, just, I was just surprised to even hear the story because <laughs> right? I was in the room. So pay no mind to uh, the man behind the curtain. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think he. This whole thing is, is like I said, soured, soured me on him because I really thought he was like a smart guy trying to do things for the, for the, the greater good of the world. But anyways, he's just a toxic boss. Yeah. He's a complete toxic boss. Yeah. And he clearly has been doing this. I, I, I never heard any stories about him doing it at PayPal, but I know we've heard stories about that happening at SpaceX and at Tesla where he's like r- demanding people work ridiculous hours. And like you were talking about, you know, he's he's there on the factory floors helping out whatever at, at Tesla, which I think is a good thing for a boss to do, right? You know, be in the trenches with the people that you're asking to to work. But at the same time, like who has the most to gain? Yeah, exactly. And it's fifty four billion dollar compensation package mm-hmm. that that the shareholders are suing him over for Tesla. And I mean, I don't want to in any way diminish the work that people in those factories are doing or the work that people at SpaceX are doing. But, well, I mean, I guess SpaceX, I would more equate with Twitter in that it's knowledge work, right? Building a mm-hmm. car, when you're when you're just trying to meet a quota, 
right? That's if I remember correctly, that's what they were mostly struggled with at Tesla is like making cars that meet the quality need and making enough of them fast enough, right? And so mm-hmm. it's a manufacturing problem. It's not a it's a physical labor sort of thing and quality of work. It's not a knowledge work problem. Whereas self-landing rockets and and keeping a website that supports millions and millions, probably billions, I'm guessing, users. Yeah. Man, uh, so we this is the week after I did that big MySQL upgrade that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And we're still feeling sort of aftershocks from that. We are, you know, uh, every now and then something will just kind of feel off. And then all of a sudden, you know, alarm bells start going off. Queries tend to pile up and, and you know, the services that have historically been fine all of a sudden start breaking. And it's yeah. like, what is going on? And it turns out, you know, like sometimes it's, you know. Query plans are being rebuilt. Well, you know, the thing, the thing today was just like, I think kind of a naive original design. You know, we're storing a bunch of data in a table and it's properly indexed and it's, you know, it's whatever. But then, you know, when you're trying to interjoin a subselective from one table that's got, uh, you know, what, 30 million rows in it against a subselective, another table that has 89 million rows in it. And, you know, and <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah, I can see why that would not be performant. We need to do something about, you know, the pileup of data in those tables. And it's like, how, how, like, when you think about the the humongous scale of something like Twitter, of something like AWS, like clearly it's possible to do this in a in a cost effective and time efficient way, and I have a lot to learn there. And we're we're starting to hit that level of scale where like the amount of data that's piling up that we can't just choose to delete, right? Like there's stuff that we right. can archive away. There's stuff that we need to, there's stuff that we can delete, right? Certain logs, okay, we don't need anything more than 12 year, twelve months old for this log and that log, and we don't need any of this data after two years or whatever, but there's only so much you can do, right? That In some cases, you're just going to generate way too much data. Even if you're only looking at like six months, you know, you could still have 100 million rows of something in six months. So it's, we're, we're starting to get there, and I, I'm starting to reach the limit of my abilities and I'm going now what? <laughs> so I think that we're approaching <laughs> like a, you know, maybe like a hiring situation or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to look for. Right. I, I need to find somebody who has dealt with this. Yeah. But I mean, it was working, working before all you did was move the data to another instance of MySQL, right? Well, that's the thing is yes, that is something ha- that has changed, but we don't know that's a correlation. It's not a causation necessarily, right? It could be the cause or it could it's not. Strong. It's, it's a strong correlation. It's a strong correlation for sure. I mean, and one of the other changes was we, the instance type that we selected, we went from just like a general MySQL um, to Percona instance. No, not Percona, but no. just like a, it was a M5 dot large or something oh, like that. And we, okay. we moved to, I think it's a, R6G, I think. Ooh, I don't know. I think we moved to an R6G, which is a, a memory optimized version of MySQL. So it has more working memory. To And our thought was like, okay, well, sometimes we have these gigantic queries that you know has to hold a lot of, of, of data in memory to, to do these joins or whatever. And, and we never really had to deal with too much a CPU, you know, constant. Anytime that we would have like constant 
um, CPU hovering around, you know, 98, 90 or 100% uh, CPU usage, it would be because there was something going wrong, right? Not because that was just how it operated. And so we figured, okay, well, by switching to memory optimized, maybe we can get some extra performance out of it or something. So that was one change. But honestly, I think that the the problems are just that the data continues to pile up and we have to continue mm-hmm. working in the the code and the architecture didn't necessarily have that scale within its reach. So, and then, and then, so I see, you know, Twitter and, and uh, these other sites that have like clearly easily one or two orders of magnitude more data than us. For sure. And it's like, how? <laughs> it's all those microservices. <laughs> right. Just turn them off. <laughs> Who needs 2FA? <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, there are other tons of social media sites. I, you know, I did. I did. You know, I got on Twitter in 2010 strictly because I was going to my very first CF United, the first and the last. And, uh, and I was like, okay, Twitter. Twitter. Was, it was pretty. At least to me, it was pretty new. I don't know how when they actually got started, but uh, and I, I was really super heavy on it for many years. Because it felt like a community, right? It was like a tech community, mm. and then, you know, how followed you and you know, followed Ben and just all these different folks. And then it's just like the past like four or five years, it's like I'm barely on it, mm-hmm. barely on it. In fact, a few years back, I went and deleted all my historic tweets, just went and deleted them all. And it's just like, you know, it's 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 an interesting site, but it's like it's it's not that important to me. But I do think it is important. I think it's who it's most important for is so people that are in poorer countries. You know, that, you know, it doesn't take a lot of resources to do a tweet and it's hard to, it's hard to censor. So I think a lot of, you know, people that are in, in fascist countries will tend to use it as a a organizing tool and things like that. I think that's great. But for me in my life, it's like, if it goes away, it doesn't matter to me, honestly. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you kind of pivoted around to tech community that, like you said, there, there's some real social good that can come from it. I don't think that is that angle of it is as important to us personally. It's not the way that we use it. I think it's good for society, like a global society. And and I I think if Twitter were to go away, it will definitely leave a vacuum there if nowhere else. Right. There has to be something that's like low bandwidth, low power, easy to use, hard to censor, like all those things that you were saying. And and if it's not Twitter, then it will be something else. And hopefully, you know, somebody provides that. For me, Twitter has mostly been a tech community thing. I, I know there are a lot of a lot of my friends that I met through the CFML community are very active on Facebook. I see them like posting stuff and and you know commenting on each other's stuff, whatever. I'm very bearish, I guess, on Facebook in general. I think the only reason that I keep my Facebook account at all for well, two reasons. There's a couple of Facebook groups that I just I need to have access to Mm -hmm. for skydiving stuff and for like for my, uh, the club that I belong to the skydiving club. And then also, I guess to a lesser extent, my memories. So like when I would post funny things that my kids would say or pictures of my kids, it's nice to have those brought up for me on a yearly basis. I would miss those, but uh, like I, I've really gotten out of the habit of posting on Facebook and I I like that. And now, you know, because of all this, I've, I'm trying real hard to push away from Twitter. I still post there occasionally. I've mostly moved over to Mastodon. And I think that most of the people that I talk to in the tech community kind of have as well, which I think is cool. 
I like that it's decentralized, meaning like no one person could take it down. You can always move over anywhere else. I like that. So because it's decentralized, the server that you're on can just choose to block certain accounts or certain other servers. So like if all the Nazis decide to hang out on some Nazi Mastodon server, Mm -hmm. you can just block them at the server level and you'll never see any of them, which I don't know, like the, what is it? Truth Social? Is that what it is? Trump's like social network? Yeah, Trump's, yeah. It's built on Mastodon. So that's... Oh, is it really? Yeah. But, you know, okay, so block that server, right? So, but... Or don't, you know, whatever, it, it, you, know, whatever you want. Their own. But, I, again, I think that the tech, just like anything else, the tech community is going to go somewhere else. I like Mastodon in the little bit that I've used it over the last couple of weeks. I like that it's very thoughtfully built. So, like, for example, on Mastodon, the guy who created it is against quote tweeting. Right. So there's retweet mm-hmm. and then there's quote tweet, which is where it like it embeds somebody else's tweet in your tweet and then you can dunk on them in <laughs> in the part yeah. that you write or whatever. And or I mean, that's the reason that he doesn't want it is because it tends to be I don't know if it's tends to or, or whatever, be, because people would use it in a negative way, like in a, in a, in a way that impacts society negatively. It, it makes it look like you're actually having a conversation with that person, and that person may not have even read that tweet. Right. It makes it look like point counterpoint in a, in a narrative that's that's not necessarily the way it happened. Right. So I like that. I like that. There's thought being put into that. Right. Like he, it's not just I don't like it. It's I don't think it's good for society, and here's why, and and that's why it's it is the way it is. No, I th- in a little bit of or in in some way you're kind of losing the baby with the bathwater there because there's there was positive ways to use quote tweets too and, and there's ways around it right you can just reply and then promote your own like mm-hmm. re what do they call it it's not retweet it's boost boost your own reply and so it, it kind of works out that way if somebody's willing to click through and see what it was that you were replying to i don't know yeah i i just like that it's being thoughtfully done and i feel like the tech community is going to end up somewhere i don't what i one thing i don't like is that there's like four or five different things that people are are kind of gravitating toward and it's unclear where everybody's going to land mm-hmm. and i don't have time to to join all five and see what happens right like right. i'm i already kind of had a mastodon account so i was like okay well i'll go over there and the people from our discord i, I think most of them that were, that were on twitter have kind of moved over to mastodon and it's working out okay yeah so I, I don't think I will be that sad in terms of my daily life when Twitter goes away. If if and when Twitter goes away. Yeah. But. Yep. All right. Birdside go boom. Yeah. Hopefully. And and you know what? Uh, well, I said hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I don't want to hope for it. I know that there are people who get paid by that company and, and that's their livelihood. And certainly they don't need, especially after there's been so many layoffs recently, we don't need, you yeah. know, another company to, to just shut down because they got bought by an idiot (laughs) but okay so we're getting ready to go do our our after show and i think today on the after show tim and i are going to talk about what we're thankful for since it is thanksgiving week (laughs) we'll see and you know if you want to if you want to hear that you're just going to have to become a patron and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash working code pod of course as always this episode of working code is brought to you by our lovely patrons let's just do that we're going to be sincere this week it's thanksgiving week and listeners like you if you're enjoying the show and you want to make sure that we can keep putting more of whatever this is out into the universe, then you should consider supporting us on Patreon. Patrons cover our recording and editing costs, and we couldn't do this every week without them. Special thanks, of course, to our top patrons, Monty, Sean, and Giancarlo. You can help us out by going to patreon.com slash workingcodepod and becoming a patron. 
again, this is sincere week, so I'm going to go with this for your homework. Join our Discord. Come be a part of our tech community. Go to workingcode.dev slash Discord. Come hang out with us. Chat with us during the day. We share triumphs and fails. We share funny gifts. And we talk about what's going on in the news. We were chatting about the potential war in Ukraine, like the the days leading up to it happening, right? So we're, we are, it's an active little community and we are spread across the globe and there's lots of stuff going on and it's fun. Good place to hang out. Send us your topics and questions at Working Code Pod on Twitter or Instagram if those things still exist when you hear this. And send us an email at workingcodepod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll catch you next week. And until then, remember, your heart matters, and I mean this sincerely. Except you, Elon Musk, you toxic boss, you. <laughs> You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code.